Alright, hello. Hi. Uh, it's Tuesday, and it's morning. This is our first morning I've been podcast. Up. <laughs> I've been up since 7.30. Not, not, not a fan. Not a fan. I just uh, up, so. Lauren? Hi, I'm Lauren, by the way. Bridget, hi, you're, watch- you're listening or watching mm-hmm. Gateway Anime Podcast. Are we talking about... I don't about- know which one you... All your favorite animes that you didn't know you had yet. Also birds. And, and sometimes birds. And sometimes birds. And, and always daddies. And always daddies. Speaking of the daddy of the week. Babes. Or the daddy of last week. My husband is here. He, he's sitting in the other room watching TV. William! So if you hear any so proud. He's, loud, he started listening. loud proclamations, it is my boy. My love. It's the daddy it's the daddy of the it's week. It's the daddy of the week, son. <laughs> the real life Louise Armstrong. We need a new daddy of this week. Since we don't know anyone else that listens, we'll probably just have to pull it from the episode. We'll just give someone that title at the end of the episode. Yeah, we'll just ha- I'll just have to write it in editing. Because <laughs> um, I have no idea. That's fine. It's whatever. No daddies today. It will just no daddies. It's just... Just mommies. Mommies. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable saying it. I was like, this is... But weird. see, that's why there are Anna babies, because we are mommies. That is everything. I just like saying Anna babes. I call... Uh, poor babe. All, all the babies are babes to me. Little babe. Anna babies. Sweet little babe. Anna babe. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we're here. It's morning. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> It's morning. Um, less banter. I'm panicking at work uh, because shipping is really bad, and Lauren's panicking at work because shipping is really bad. Mine is for elf hats. <laughs> Yours is for turkeys for, for Thanksgiving, a national yes. holiday. Buy your turkeys, kids. You never know when they'll run out. <laughs> Actually, don't listen to me. Or be like me. <laughs> I don't want you to come to my store and buy all the turkeys. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Team Ham, Ham! so I'm Sorry, uh, Ponyo. Ham! Um, this will be raging out. Uh, <laughs> I hope. Uh, was it maybe. his wife? That's where mine is. It's dropped on the floor. Uh, cool. Yeah, so we're covering episodes 29, 30, 31, and 32 of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So if this is your first time maybe, listening... Maybe go back. You're behind. Maybe go uh, back. Maybe go start back. at the beginning. <laughs> go back. Go back. Restart. Because we started um, at the bottom, and now we're yeah. here. Now it's your turn. Yeah. And because we're about to, like, pick up from a big cliffhanger from our last up, well, last recording to this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot with our boy Ling. <laughs> So sorry, Lauren. So, so sorry, Lauren. Sad. I love Ling so much, y'all. I'm really excited to watch like the next eight episodes, though, and see where this is gonna go. Because watching these four was like honestly <laughs> same. But the this was like a perfect break off. I did not mean to have all these like perfect little breaks when I separated this really well. Because, again, I'd never seen this, but I was struggling to find, like, arc order, because originally we were going to watch it by arc, but I was like, oh, I guess I gotta break this up evenly, and dang, your girl did good. (laughs) I'm omniscient. You really did, like, 
the amount of times we have stopped on like the show cliffhanger or a season finale, I was like, right, all right, total uh, accident. I don't know if she planned this, but it's really total funny. accident. <laughs> I mean, it's great and ungreat at the same time when you get stuck on a cliffhanger and you're like, no, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's the price you pay for watching television. Worth it. It's worth it. We love it. It is worth it. If there's a great storyline like what you got right now, worth it. Honestly, so much has happened. We'll we'll get into that at the end of the episode because I just I'm so in love with this anime right now. I can't deal. I can't deal. I, have I know. A problem. You I'm didn't respond obsessive. to my pictures last night. I sent you. I was dead inside. I I just worked like a crazy shift, and my unit director. Who, if you don't know, like the chain order of grocery stores. Let me let me get into this real quick. So you've got <laughs> at least like. At my grocery store, maybe Walmart does it differently, but at HEB, as far as I can tell, you've got your partners, which is your normal level employee, you've got your specialists, your leads, your department manager, your department director, and then you've got your MICs, who are its manager in charge, they just run the the shift, essentially. Store. Yeah. And then you've got your... Um, oh my gosh. What comes over at my seat? Your ops directors, then you have your store leader, and then you have your unit director. My unit director yesterday worked with me for a little bit, and then turned around and said, we'll talk soon. And that's all he said. It was very foreboding. And I just said, okay. He scares me a little bit. He's very nice. Anytime (laughs) I've ever been to his office... It's always been for a good thing, like, hey, you did well, here's more money, or here's a promotion, we like you. It's never been a bad experience, but he is terrifying. Also, he has, like, just, like, the most serious face ever, and in a mask, it's just, we'll talk soon. But if you take it down, it's, we'll talk soon, you know? Like, it's, like, this whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I had a stressful day at work yesterday. (laughs) I'm also very new to a... To a new job, so it's, you know, it's scary. Are you on the phone? <laughs> Is it about your hats? Oh. She she muted me because she doesn't want to hear about grocery stores anymore. And that's fine. I could keep talking about grocery stores all day, because that's all I do. All I do is solve grocery store problems. And you know what? It's more fun than you think it is, kids. It's also bodily exhausting. I can't feel my feet anymore. And my back might be broken. And Bridget's making faces right now. I'm going to guess what's being said to her over the phone. I'm assuming it's her boss. Because she wouldn't have answered the phone any other way. And they're telling her some bad news. They're probably adding more show times, or they have to take one away. And if they have to take one away, that is less work for Bridget, but also more work all at once. Because she now has to get rid of all these extra props that she ordered everybody. And we're pretty sad about that. Or we used to be. I used to do props with Bridget. We once, I'm pretty sure I already said this, cleaned out this crazy prop room on my day off. It took like nine hours, and I cried just sitting in the middle of like three tubs of cotton balls from Elf. It was awful. 
But we bonded and we ate Doritos and McDonald's chicken nuggets. And if you've never had a McDonald's chicken nugget, your life, you need to have one. They cure everything. They cure all sadness. That's just a fact. I'm, I'm running out of dialogue. <laughs> oh no, she's so upset. Maybe they really are canceling shows. It also might be about her car. Someone hit her in a parking lot. She had to have the insurance guy come look at it today. I'm more likely to assume it's her boss, though. Mostly because of that eye rub. Sorry, I had to disappear. Um, that was the insurance people that I've been, like, chasing down from the people that hit my truck. And this guy is, like, the most incompetent guy. Didn't even remember talking to me. Nothing. So I'm sitting here like, yo, man. <laughs> It's been like three weeks. I just want my truck fixed. So that's why I was like, should I call him back? No. And I was like, I just dialogued oh, the no. entire thing. <laughs> um, I am so excited to listen yeah, to that. It was, uh, that's going to be really fun at editing. So I, I, like like it. I was like, it's either her boss or the insurance guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's amazing. Insurance Honestly, guy. you can leave it in, because I talked almost the I'm whole time. Leave it, in. it was insurance guy. You, you got it. <laughs> I was yeah. right. Okay. Because I was like, if I, if I, I did, don't I answer... pretty good. I feel... Yeah, I was like, if I don't answer, there's a really good chance he, when I call him back, he's not going to answer. So I looked at it for so long, and I was like, I just have to answer it right now, even though we just started recording. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, my God. Well, I there's some some good stuff I'm in there excited. for you later. It's like, it's like a little present. It. All in my sexy flamboyant. Oh, <laughs> yum! Yeah, it's a little gift of me just being like, "Oh no, look at Bridget's face. She's not happy." I was not. I was like, <laughs> "Dude, we've talked like twelve Ooh, times. Why all right. you don't know who I am? <laughs> Come on." Uh, did he did he tell you where to take your Some shop or your bro. car to the shop or did you did he tell you I was like no he told me you were my point of contact oh no what anyway we'll see don't I don't want to like them. say what brand of insurance they were but don't use them they're not national but golly I was like which one is it like, I, I, I know. use State Farm <laughs> it's great. Thank you, Jake from State uh, Farm. I use Progressive. See, that's a national company. This was like, like a local city company, and they're a hot mess. Hot mess. I've never heard of them Eesh. until this truck hit my car. Or this truck hit my truck. Well, I had I had USAA, but they were trying to charge me out the butt to add will to my insurance. Mm. And I was like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. Like, I went from paying, like, 120 to paying, like, $400. Whoa. And I was like, that's not enough. Like, that's just not enough. That's too much. Over too doubled much. your so insurance? So I switched to Progressive. Golly. Yeah. But I switched to Progressive, and now for both of my vehicles, I pay less than $200. That's not that, bad. Which is amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Progressive. Shout out to State Farm. And they give me everything that... I, I don't mean to... Hey, if you want to sponsor Progressive, I really like you. They gave me everything that I had in on my USAA, but cheaper and easier to use, to be honest. So, Jake so, from I'm State Farm, sure. Flo from Progressive, uh, we'd like to have you sponsor us. 
Come be on our podcast. Do stupid anime voices with us. I mean, they're actors. Come on. Yeah. That's like it. All right. Ready to dive in? I think so, yeah. Here we go. I think we're Episode 29, Struggle of the Fool. Lauren, you got a Netflix summary. You know I do. You know it's your girl. The Elrics are at Bradley's Mercy. You know it's your girl. (laughs) I can't stop. (laughs) The Elrics are at Bradley's Mercy. If their brothers make one wrong move, those dears to them will pay. As Mustang quietly gathers allies to his side, Ed discovers there may be no need to find a Philosopher's Stone. Maybe. Maybe not. There you go. We don't know. That's a pretty good intro. (laughs) Who knows? It's very ominous. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. They're, They're getting progressively better. Good. I'd hope at their summaries. They're gonna randomly <laughs> drop point, in a right? spoiler in a in a summary though, and it's gonna be like, oh, there we go. It's gonna make me so <laughs> mad. That's why I'm glad I do these after I watch the show. Yeah, that would be so upsetting. I would murder them. Yeah, that's funny. All right, all right. Ooh, do we have any new voice actors for this? Uh, no, not in this episode. This episode is mostly. Yeah, it's everyone's the same. Okay, cool. Everyone's the same. Well, here we go. Uh, first note, Huzzah. I said I really like the visuals on the new intro. It's really showing Ed's struggle with what he's seen. But I'm not sure yeah. if the music's going to grow on me, because I just still really am not a fan of it right now. It did kind of grow on me. I still hate the ending, but the intro's okay. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to add it to my anime playlist. Yeah, no. But I do, I do like it. Like, it's fine. I hate that but the ending is awful. Yeah, I said it's really sad to see Ling in the lineup with the sins now in the intro, uh, because they like pan to him all like on the hill, and I was like, oh man. Uh, And I I said also in that intro, is that Hughes standing next to Mustang again? So is this season going to focus on a lot of flashbacks? Because it looks like Hughes is standing next to Mustang in the intro. I did not see that. But keep an eye out. Keep an I eye mean, out. it's not wrong so far. So I know. Uh, and then I wrote my other note for the intro was I really want to know who all these new soldiers are because there's a lot of new soldiers yeah. like, pictured in the intro, and I think it has to deal with Lady Armstrong, assuming, whoever she may yeah. be, or Grumman for her. Who's Grumman? Or the. The guy. Oh, uh, oh, Grumman, Grumman. Grumman, sorry. Is he, in, I this writing... is he in the last episode? I think he's in this one. Okay. You're right. Maybe. Uh, my brain's a little yeah. crazy. So we'll we'll meet Grumman. Because I wrote in my notes Crumman the whole time, and then when I was looking up people, I was like, Grumman, dang it! <laughs> and I had to go See, and in, change him. In the sub, they call him Grumman. Oh, it's so weird. Grumman. 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 Grumman oh, okay. is what they say in the dub. Anyway. Um, so, basically... Him. Oh, okay. Uh, I really love when we see him in this episode. <laughs> I have a lot of notes of Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire. Anyway. I was like, there's something weird about this lady. Alright, we'll get to that. Uh, so we open up with Envy is taking Ed and Al somewhere. They're in an elevator. Uh, Envy's now disguised as a soldier, and bam, they're all of a sudden in Central. The homunculi headquarters are right below Central Command. So the whole time, they were under command just there. And I was like, oh, I love great. how... That's just lovely. The homunculi just don't give any 
bad words they're anymore. They're not being secretive anymore. Like, straight yeah. up, Mustang and Bradley and the, and, the, and the Elrics are just sitting in this room, and all this guy has is one sword, and he's just like, they're not going to kill me. They can't. Yeah, so be- whatever. before they get in that room, if you see me randomly swatting in this episode, it's just because... There are fruit flies, and we cannot figure out where they're coming oh, from no. right now. So something has gone bad. Oh, no. We've been trying to find it, but my room is right next to the kitchen. Oh, so no. The fruit flies have migrated to my room, but I'm like, no. Oh, There's, no. like, only one in here, but it just stays by my room. And I'm like, come on, man. It's the warmest Last place. night I was trying to eat a salad, and, like, every three seconds. <laughs> um, okay, but before they go in that room with the Fuhrer, um... Envy takes them and says, you're plastered with filth, and makes them go take a shower. Yeah! Which is also kind of kind. Uh, and this furthers my belief that maybe, maybe, Envy might team up with them. Remember, I had that theory last episode, and I was like, I don't know, I think Envy might have a soft spot. I don't know, man. I think Envy is still pretty evil. I just think Envy doesn't like dirty things. Look at Envy's beautiful hair. I think she's got a soft spot for the Elrics. I think they've got a soft spot. Um, So, (laughs) poor sweet little Al. Uh, Ed tells Al that he's all his body and it exists. And he's just like, could care less about anything in the world. He's like, my body? It's really there? And he's just so excited. And it warms my little heart. Uh, And then the next... (laughs) The next few shots are basically everybody seeing Ed mm-hmm. naked. <laughs> and it's just slightly covered up by, like, Al's big head. So, like, Ed looks over, and poor Xiaomei is just there, and he's like, Ah! <laughs> Why? Why is that cat here? And everyone's seeing. Mei Chang is now, we know, hiding in mm-hmm. Al's armor. Um, and then Envy busts in, is like, what's going on? And then Ed's still standing naked, like, ah! And my favorite part is Envy yells and disgusts just as much as Ed does, and it was such a satisfyingly funny moment. Um, because this show will go from ripping your heart out to some bonkers animation and joke, and then go straight back to ripping your heart out, and man, it's a roller coaster. Um, so then, uh... <laughs> I wrote, welcome to the party, Ed, because he goes, Wrath is King Bradley? Because Envy walks into that room and says, you're going to be sitting with Wrath, and they're Why like, Why did they what? not? I guess they didn't know. Like, oh my gosh. I guess gosh. they didn't know what sin he was. And everybody else They knew known. that he was the homunculi. They just didn't know which one the he homunculi. was. The homunculi. So maybe that was the surprise. But I thought that was really weird. I noted that. I was just laughing I was like, so Why? Hard, yeah. Why are they surprised? I don't get it's it. It's like... <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, That oh, took you this. eight years. Um, and so... Right? We're only on episode 29. Um, so they're meeting with him, and basically it's just Wrath, like, threatening them. But, like, right in the middle of them talking, Mei Ching coughs inside Al's armor, and they all just, like, panic and look at him, and Al's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a soul. He doesn't have to cough, so. <laughs> I laughed so hard because I was like, oh, okay. It's like when you fart and you try and cover it up with the cough and it I've never, never had to do that. But, uh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, so... <laughs> so now they're sitting alone with Bradley and that, 
they make a note at how confident he is that he could take all three of them, that they left him alone and he's got one Honestly, I'm sword pretty confident that Bradley could too. He could take them all down. <laughs> Being real. We've seen him. After watching him take down all those like, other guys, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah I see it. She should bop him sure. pretty well. Oh, uh, and then Ed tries to basically quit the force because he doesn't want to work under Bradley. Throws his pocket watch and tries to resign, but Bradley uses a threat of hurting Winry to control him and Al. And I was like, I knew when he sat with mm-hmm. Winry, it was bad news bears. Um, but poor poor Al is so desperate to get his body back, he asks permission for them to keep searching for an answer. And Rath is just basically like, if you don't get in my way, I don't care. I'm sorry. Lauren. Um, <laughs> we, we do, do need like, a little swear bad. jar. <laughs> Vir- a virtual swear <laughs> jar. Oops. I wish. Um, and so... Mustang is much more composed in this meeting and cool and calm and collected compared to Al. And I think that just shows like the few years age difference between them and that Mustang is really committed to this like plan he has. And they talk about it later too. Um, So then when they're leaving, Bradley picks up his sword and says, Hey, Alphonse, wait a second. And just stabs it through his side. And we know Mei Chang's in there. And we're like, oh my gosh. And so then Bradley pulls out the sword and looks so at it. So slowly, though. Like, no the blood slowest like, sword pull out ever. And my breath was held the entire time, just waiting for the blood. I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> and you, we know that... Bradley has shish someone inside of Alphonse once before. So it's like, oh no, he knows that Al can hide people in there. So there's no blood, and they step out of the office, and they both are like, that was so close. And then it like pans down to Mei Chang, who is now scooted down into Al's leg parts of the armor, and Xiao Mei and the other one. And also, like, when they were leaving, freaking stabbed. Mustang asked Bradley was, if oh he gosh. was the one that killed Hughes, and he said no. And when he asked another stupid, when he asked another question, he refused to answer him. He's like, "You only asked if you could ask." He's like, one "Who question. did it?" And I was like, "He's like." Oh, you're evil. One question. And you are evil. You are evil, and I hate you. I hate him. I know. Uh, it's, gosh. And Mustang, his commitment to Hughes is just, it's so heartbreaking. And it's so Boy sweet, friends. but it's so heartbreaking. Um, and then, all of a sudden, <laughs> and I, this is one of my questions for, like, the end of the episode. Uh, Ed turns to Mustang and goes, hey, Colonel, you got any change? And like a real child, like, Mustang's like, sure, and gives him, like, the change in his pocket, and Ed's like, that's all you got? It made me laugh so hard. He's like, you got games on your phone? He's like, that's all you got? And he's like, I love how they pick on each other. He's like, why are you asking for change? Apparently it's more than you've got. And so we don't still really know yeah. what this change was. It becomes a metaphor later in the episode. I really we don't know thought why he, he was going to use it he wasn't, to like, fix Al's armor, and then he just ran away. And I was like, okay, whatever. I, yeah. Whatever. I'm not quite sure what's up with that yet. Maybe, I mean, they don't really show us little things without circling back to them, so maybe... I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got to be more than what it turns out to be. Yeah. Because that wasn't... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, like, three episodes ago, 
when Mustang first got, I guess it's like four episodes ago, Mustang first got in there with Bradley, uh, they he had Hawkeye stand outside and wait for him so that if things went bad, Hawkeye could go in there. Uh, and so he gets out there and he sees Armstrong's there and he's like, she left me. Oh my gosh, it's really happening. Oh no. And she was just like, no, he just happened to, to be pee. walking by and I had to pee. <laughs> and, I was, and she was like, lavatrine duty. And I was like, I love that he just went through this whole thing. And it was just Armstrong walking down the sidewalk and she's like, hey, can you watch this? I need to pee. Um, and then, so Ed and Al go back home, back to their like hotel room and they're talking to Winry on the phone, making sure everything's okay because, you know, Bradley just threatened her. And then Winry's just like, Ed's being normal dumb Ed on the phone and Winry's just like twirling the phone cord and being like, I've never heard you worry about me before. Cause Winry's finally accepted that she does love Ed. And I was mm-hmm. I just was like, my ship! My ship is going so well with this ship. I love it. Um, and then we oh, can over. Wait, there's one moment when they're in the hotel room where Ed's like uh-huh. setting his resolve, and he claps his little hair into place. Oh my gosh! When he's going to get out of the shower, he's getting out of the shower. He's just been washing his hair, and he goes. It claps his hands above his head, it's so so that his little hair cute. in the middle sticks up, and I was like. Oh, so it's a style choice. <laughs> I love it. It's I so that part. stupid. So good. I love it um, so much. So then we pan over and rats on the ceil- on the ceiling on the roof talking to Ling slash Greed. Wait, Greed um, went and talked to to them when they were on the phone. They weren't in the hotel oh, room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, Ling goes to them when they're on the phone. That's right. They're like in where are they at? They're at the, like, it's like I think the they're at the phone booth that Hughes died in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're on at the phone booth the whole time they're talking to Winry. And then Ling told Greed. So we know that Ling maybe still has some communication power in his body. Ling told Greed to give a note to Lan Fan. And it's an, so he gives it to the boys to give to Lan Fan. It's in another language. And Greed says, Greed says he makes, he makes a comment. That I wrote down because I'm hoping it comes back into play later. That he doesn't lie and he doesn't fight women. Yeah. So I, I that's really specific to say. I like and greed. Maybe I like greed. Yeah, greed two point is pretty. I liked the original I greed too. So I wonder if I like new greed because he's also Ling, or if I just liked greed from the get go. I don't know. This greed is really charismatic. And I feel, I don't know, I'm in this, like, homunculi turning good camp right now, and I don't know why. And I think it's just because Envy has this, like, sweet spot for I think for that Greed is the most likely to turn against the others, because he's already done it. So, yeah, if it happens, it's gonna That be makes greedy. sense for Greed and Envy, though, because they're kind of almost like the same kind of sins. They are, they're envious and... I, I still think Envy's super know. evil. You can keep going, but I, I, I disagree. I think Envy's gonna stay evil. I, We'll see. We'll see what happens. I really hope Envy has a soft spot. Uh, we'll see. So, uh, Scar's lurking 
in this underground lair. Uh, Marco's down there, and Marco hears, like, somebody up above in the rafters of this, like, prison he's in, and says, hey, I can help you, I can help you, I see that you're hurt, because Scar, like, has blood dripping down off him, and uh, Marco, Dr. Marco sees the blood, and so, uh, Scar jumps down, and then Dr. Marco's like, oh, you're Ishvalan, oh, crap, are you the guy they call Scar? And then says he's the alchemist responsible for the extermination of the Ishvalan people. And I was like, well, uh, you're, you're in danger you're now, buddy. Danger, Will Robinson. Um, <laughs> danger, danger. So then we pan away from that. And then we pan to the coroner. I wrote the coroner's name down. Some Dr. Knox. Dr. Knox. Uh, ha- and Mei Chang has a confession. Oh, we skipped the Ling uh, and Greed thing on the roof. <laughs> Yeah. Did we? Because we got invested in oh, the Ling and Greed. Okay, anyway, before Scar and Marco... No, 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 no. Is it's it? right... No, no, it's okay, right okay. after this. Yeah. So we go back. Mei Chang has a concussion, and Dr. Knox is super mad at Al for turning his house into a hospital, and it just makes me laugh. And so we just know that Dr. Knox is taking care of Mei Chang. Then we pan over... Uh, oh, no. Lan Fan gets Ling's note. And it says he's found a philosopher's stone. That he wrote he in blood, also. <laughs> like, yeah, what? That's a little sketchy. <laughs> in blood on cloth. Um, so now Al's having to explain what happened to Ling to Lan Fan. That's and my ship. Grief. Ling and, and Lan really Fan forever. Um, I'm really hurt. <laughs> They're really adorable. I really hope Lan Fan gets an amazing, like, you know, metal <laughs> arm. I'm really hurt. We'll see. Uh, I know. And so then we pan over, and Greed and Wrath are talking on this roof, and Wrath is saying, like, all these horrible things about humans, and Greed, like, snaps and says, don't underestimate humans! And it looks like that was actually Ling snapping and kind of saying It sounded like it, too. At least in the sound. Yeah! And so, we think that maybe, like, Ling... Hasn't fully accepted now greed taking over the whole body and is kind of fighting back so that probably so he can get the stone and bounce. Um, so I think we're gonna have some Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of stuff. I hope on. so. I love Ling. Yeah, and then so our, our, maybe our Ling is still in there and he's fighting so he can get the stone. <laughs> um, Team so Ling. that's their big <laughs> talk on the roof. Uh, <laughs> So then in the car, it's, I think it's Hawkeye, uh, Mustang, and Alex Louise Armstrong, uh, and they catch him up on all this info, and poor sweet Armstrong is like, oh no. Uh, we get a flashback of Armstrong during the battle in Ishval, collapsing, holding a dead child in his arms, and that he doesn't want to be a part of the war, and what they're doing is wrong. And the world doesn't deserve him. No, they do not. He gets dismissed from the military, and he doesn't want to do it again. And I just wrote, my poor sweet baby Armstrong! I wrote, the world does like, not deserve Alex Louise Armstrong. <laughs> He's perfect. See, they don't! He's perfect. He really wants to use his alchemy for the good of people and protecting people, and he got dismissed, like, dishonorably discharged from the military in the war because... He couldn't do it. He's like, I can't kill. I can't. I don't want to do this because he's just holding this child. And he's like, this is wrong. So sweet. And I was like, "Uh." it's so sad. And so Mustang's telling him all about this and like, hey, Alex, I'm. You're gonna need to like 
I, you could run away or you could fight this. Um, we need to protect people. And he's like, I can't just walk away like I did in the war. I need to do something. And I wrote down this Mustang quote that says, I never feel more human than when I'm fighting real Ooh. monsters. And I was like, oof, Ooh. oof, oof. We're gonna get it Ooh. in the next few episodes, I feel. It's gonna be a battle. Oh, probably. Um, Dear Lord. <laughs> I know. Then we pan back to the corner of Dr. Knox's house, and I I felt like it was Lanfon's other arm that was missing. I was no, it was like, her left arm. Where she was in the bed. It's her left, okay, yeah. it is. I was like, is the arm switched? <laughs> uh, but then, basically, Mei Chang walks in, and Lanfon's like, you! And Mei Chang's like, you! And Mei, like, she's like, I know who you are, and I know who you are, and Mei Chang is like the seventeenth daughter. They're like fighting clans, and poor Al's in the middle, like, no, stop! You're both injured. Don't. And Xiao Mei's like little fighting face on Mei Chang's shoulder is the most adorable little thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Doctor Knox like swings the door open, and he hits both of them over the head with soup bowls. Which also remember Mei Chang yeah. has a concussion. Well, so he's a great doctor, so. uh, but he's. Yeah, he's so mad and making them behave because he's like, you're my patient. I don't want you to mess up my work. Eat your soup. Be quiet. And he also threatens them that his house is so messy that you never know what unknown pathogens could be lurking under the floorboard. So if you start roughhousing, it could come in here and poison us all. And they were all like, what? <laughs> I was like, what yeah. a weirdly specific threat. And so it like pans over to like Al helping him clean his house. And I was like, okay. And then Al founds, finds this family photo. Um, and basically we learned Dr. Knox was not in touch with his wife or kids anymore, really. And it's really sad. And you can tell he doesn't like to talk about it because he's, you know, like a stiff, burly man doesn't talk about his emotions. But you can see that it really affects him. Uh, and then we pan to Ed walking around the city doing his good state alchemist work, and he can use his alchemy again! And he's fixing this lady's guardrail. And he and then it with he, skulls. Uh, I was like, skulls? Pop down like, with your boy crap. Like, you already did it with the sword. Classic 14-year-old boy. I know. I know. <laughs> Honestly, it's a sign of the times. That poor lady has this cute cute little house, and he's like, skulls it was, on every yeah. corner. <laughs> it was so stupid, but funny. Funny. It was very childish. Uh, and so the local like police are saying, like, hey, we had some like local alchemists here trying to do these repairs this morning, which is when they were underground and central and fighting. And they're like, they couldn't use their alchemy. So, like, you're such a great state alchemist, you can use alchemy. So Ed puts it together that when father stopped them from using their alchemy, it wasn't just underground, like they all got stopped from using their alchemy. Um, except for mm -hmm. Scar and Mei Chang. And so that was my big note, uh, was, well, I can't really use that Why Scar May use alchemy when boys know you ask alchemy? Question. <laughs> Question. Question. It does. It still stands. It, it still stands in these four episodes. Um, so that was, that's how the episode ends. That's episode 29. You're just like, why, Scott? Question. They use alchemy. Um, Question. I did think it was super Question. ironic that at the beginning of the anime, Scar considered himself to be an agent of God, and then when Marco sees him as an agent of God, it just brings him 
all of this fury. I thought that was super ironic and kind of great. Anger, yeah. Um, and the only oh, the star. only fun fact I have is that this, out. this covers chapters fifty six through sixty. Um, so that's it. We're up to chapter sixty, but. Okay, uh, there's also an in-credit scene where your father is regrowing gluttony out of his chest. Yeah, like he, he has his not own see that. pimple pimple, and it's gluttony. He's regrowing him. It's disgusting. So... That's disgusting, and I'm kind of glad I... I like that yeah. I watched the in-credit scene last time. <laughs> and you missed it, and now it stops it. But I'm kind of glad I missed that, because that sounds... It was pretty gross, Um, but so Gluttony will be back. That's something to look forward to. Pooh Bear, Winnie the Pooh Bear. (laughs) That's Gluttony. No, wherever you go, (laughs) climb in a honey tree. I hate myself. Here we go. Pooh Bear, I I wanna be there. It wasn't the original one. It's me and it's you. Silly old Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. I hate myself. I love Winnie the Pooh. You don't understand. <laughs> don't understand I, how much I love I can poo. tell by you finishing that. I love that. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's beautiful. Alright, episode 30, The Ishvalan War of Extermination. Here's your Netflix Here we summary. Go. As Edward hears Hawkeye's tale of a time when idealistic young soldiers were tasked with genocide, the horrors of the Ishvalan battlefield are revealed. Great. There are lots of voice actors in this. Do you want me to do them before or after? Yeah. So. Let's not come out now. We meet uh, Master Hawkeye, who is Hawkeye's father. Bartholomew Daddy. Hawkeye. Daddy Hawkeye. Uh, his English voice actor is Bob Merger. I thought it was. Berthold. It might be Berthold. Whatever. <laughs> Berthold. I don't know. <laughs> but his English voice actor is Bob Manger. Mangerd. And he was... He only really had, like, one that I, I knew was from Fairy Tale, and it's Ingnell. He's in Fairy Tale. Everybody's in Fairy Tale. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Japanese voice actor is Atsuki Tani, and they play... Master Chief in Halo Legends, and Inspector oh, okay. Anderson in The Great Pretender. Um, then we have Bescue Grand, who's like this really weird alchemist. <laughs> His English voice is R. Bruce Elliott, and he plays Dot Pixis in Attack on Titan, and uh, Captain Ginyu in okay. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, and then his Japanese voice actor is Shinomari, and he plays uh, Kibito in Dragon Ball Z, and and, fun fact, Dr. Draken in the Japanese Kim Possible. Great. Um, Draken! Yeah! Um, he, then we've got uh, Jay Kimbley, my boy, Kimbley. His English voice actor Ugh. is Eric Vale, and it's a very familiar voice from My Hero Academia. Do you want to take a guess? Oh no, now I am trying... Presentation Michael. No. We already had Presentation I Michael. I know, but that's just my guess. He plays for Tomura Shigaraki in My Hero Academia. <gasps> yeah. Oh! Yeah. He plays two bad yeah. boys! Uh, he also plays Shiggy! Uh, Vin Smoke Sanji in One Piece, super main character. But best of all, best of all, he plays Phoenix Wright in Ace Attorney, which I used to love when I was younger. 
We'll watch that someday. No, best of all is he is Tomura uh, Shigaraki. He also plays Future Trunks in Dragon Ball Z, and we love Future Trunks, so there we go. Uh, the Japanese okay. voice actor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the Japanese voice actor that's uh, Presentation Michael, actually, hilariously. Um, so he plays... Uh, <laughs> all right. All and right. His name is Hiroyuki... Uh, Hiroyuki Yoshino, and he's Presentation okay. Michael of My Hero Academia, uh, Hanji Iwazumi in Haikyuu, and if you were paying attention oh. in our Star Wars episode... I you were about to say Hanji in... I thought you were about to say Hanji in Attack on Titan. No! A girl! That's a, that's a girl. Um, but he also was Jay in Star Wars Visions. Ah. So, episode 2... Uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. Fun facts. facts. Okay. I like that. So those are all my voice actors Ooh, for this episode. I'm hyped about Shigaraki being Shigaraki. Mm. Mm. Welcome. Mm. Dude, mm. I know. I was so happy. I was like, I knew I loved Kimberly. I'm going to listen to that voice again. But I also love Shigaraki. I love Shigaraki. What is what a complicated villain and such a mirror of I know. Deku. And a poor, sad, sweet child. Save him, Deku. I have not read. I was the about new to ask. Have to you read the I haven't new read, chapter? I haven't read the last three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need so you to do that today because it's your day off. Because I'm, I'll I'm think panicking, about it. man. I'm panicking. I'll think Whoa! about it. Anyway, let's jump into the it. Last, ooh, the last panel on. I just read this week's chapter last night. The last panel, I called my brother and was like. <laughs> he was like, are you okay? And I was, I was like, <laughs> I just read my hero. He goes, oh, this makes sense then. <laughs> I don't know what to think. He's like, but it just says to be continued. It didn't give us a date this time. And I was like, I don't know how long I have to wait. Oh, no. I hate when they do that. It's like, is it two weeks? Is it three weeks? Is it actually next week? We just got to put a date. I don't know. No one knows. It'll be okay. It's not, Lauren. It'll you be You okay. understand. You need to read that panel. I don't. I will eventually. <laughs> I'm panicking. Okay, here we go. Uh, so basically, this whole episode is like a flashback episode. We get some history built in, and it's kind of sad. Uh, so here we go. Mustang is becoming a soldier, and his teacher doesn't want him to become the flame alchemist because of that decision. Uh, his master is really sick. And he's tired of hearing the same excuses. Alchemists defend the people in their home. He's like, don't give me that rhetoric. Uh, this is so much more. This is so much more responsibility. And if you're going to be a dog of the state, then I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to let you be the flame alchemist. His master refuses to take money from the state. So he, uh, because he said he's created the most powerful alchemy and doesn't want it in the wrong hands. And so he's basically just like, living in squalor and because he refuses to let the state meddle in anything he does which you know it's we're assuming that it's probably he's super powerful um and then he's and then mustang goes but master hawkeye and i was like master hawkeye and then he goes look after my daughter she has my research and he dies and i'm like what <laughs> So here's um, here's a I got really curious watching this flashback because I was like you know what I don't even know how old these people are yeah so here's here's a little here's a little filler for you guys okay so the main story of Full Metal Alchemist is set in 1914 1915 okay um and this flashback is 1905 so in the flashback 
Roy is like 18 or 19. In the main story, he's 29. And oh, okay. Riza is actually 27 in the main story, and she's 16 here when her father dies. Alright. So, just so y'all know, that's that's where this is. Alright, alright. Uh, that puts some things in perspective for me. I like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, young Riza Hawkeye is saying thank you to Mustang when they're standing at her dad's grave. Uh, for taking care of her dad, and Mustang explains how he's joining the military because he cares and wants to make the country a better place, and she talks to him and, refer- and calls him Roy, and I was like, <laughs> she didn't say, like, Did you die? <laughs> a little bit. She didn't say Colonel or anything, and she was like, thank you, Roy, and I was like, <laughs> my ship. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot. I, I wrote down a quote that I really liked from Master Hawkeye oh. before he died. Oh, Sorry. All my shit's out of order. All my stuff's out of order. Anyway, there he said, as long as an alchemist lives, he is a creature that must pursue the truth. Once an al- once an alchemist stops thinking, he dies. And then he was talking about Ooh. how his research was done, and then he died. And I was like, ah, oh, he was right. Ominous. That is sad. But also, I have a question. That's a good quote. I have That's a deep. question. Yeah. So obviously, question. Roy becomes. The flame, the flame alchemist. alchemist. But Master Hawkeye refused to teach him that, so he must have learned it from Riza, right? Like, where else would he get that from? Unless he taught well, himself. Uh, let's talk about how uh, uh, Riza has that research. So, um, at the grave, she looks at him and says, can I, can I trust you, Roy, with my father's research? And then we pan to her, like, taking a shower. <laughs> Don't make it weird, y'all. Don't make it weird. It's just like we see her back, and all of the flame alchemy research is tattooed on her back. And then we see it pan to like present day, and it's all on her back, but she has these two big burn scars on it. You know those came from Roy. So, you know they came from Roy. They had to him. They, they didn't come from because her father of- because he died, and she still had them. I know, but I'm so sad because that means he was trying to learn and then that's why he's so protective of her because he likes her and he accidentally hurt her because he was trying to become the flame alchemist. Yeah. It's a lot of feels. It's a lot. I know. But it's good. Embrace the feels. We want them. They're good. They're good. Too many already. Doesn't matter. We're gonna get so many more. We're halfway <laughs> through now. We hit the halfway point. Can oh, you imagine? Oh, we're halfway there. Whoa. Now we can sing it. Unlike when I sing it when we were at <laughs> and the, I was like, the way there. <laughs> but Born. it's just about to get so much worse. Embrace it. It is. Alright, here we go. Uh so basically we see Ed going to visit Hawkeye, and I love Seeing casual Hawkeye, like, in her normal clothes, Dude, her hair is down. And all Ed- of the people in this episode, all of our main characters are in their normal clothes, and it's too powerful. They have to stop. It's they have to stop. too much for us. Anyway. Uh, and I love that when she opens the door, it's just Hayate, it just, like, attacks Ed. And she's just like, ha ha ha, and Ed's just on the ground like, oh my god! <laughs> Uh, which and I it just know. happens to him um, all the time. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, this happens <sighs> with dogs. <laughs> it's just a fact. This is no, normal. This is, this is my <laughs> fault. It's fine. Um, so Ed gives Riza the, the gun and says, I couldn't use the gun. And so the whole time she's telling the story, she's like cleaning it. 
Uh, and you can see how like meticulously trained she is, and which comes into this flashback that she can disassemble this gun and clean it so well and take care of it and reassemble it. Um, and so Ed's like saying, I don't know how to help Winry or the people. This is my favorite quote. She goes, you need to stay focused on living. That's how you'll help Winry. After all, you love her, don't you? And Ed was like, and I was just called like, yes. out, called out on his feelings. Rissa knows course, what love is Roy. because she and Roy love each other. Ah. Yeah. Um. So then we pan over, and Scar asked Ma- Marco, "What did he do to Ishval?" And so we get this like dual flashback. Ooh. Um. And Hawkeye Let's set is the stage for this flashback. What? The Ishval War begins stage. in 1901. It lasts seven years. It ends in 1908. In this flashback, Rizza is 19. Roy and Hughes are 21. And such Armstrong... Such They're all such Armstrong, babies! Armstrong, who is 34 in the main story, is 27. So, there you go. I just wanted y'all to know that. My sweet angel. I love them all. These sweet little babies. Yeah, so, like you said, uh, it's a seven-year war and outrage. Um... Ishval didn't didn't trust Emestrians taking over because they were colonizing, uh, and it shows Envy killing that child, Point Blake. Like, that flashback just shows it, and I was like, ooh! Oh, okay! Um, and then the one-page doc called Executive Order 3066 is what the Fuhrer signs to declare war on the, the Ishvalan War of Extermination. And that's basically the mass genocide yeah, but, is now. Wait, I wrote play. it down. What was it exactly? Uh, it says, Ishvalan soldiers will be stripped of their conscription in the state military and imprisoned as traitors while state alchemists are allowed in combat with suitable abilities to be sent to the front lines as human weapons. Uh, and it says to exterminate all people of Ishval. All of them. Like. It's so horrible. Everyone. Women, children. Bradley's the worst ever. Men. He is evil. Bradley is the worst. He the worst. Shout out to Sean Raffio. Um, So the quote that I wrote that, uh, that Hawkeye says is, the air was tainted with the smell of human decay, and the desert sand soaked up the blood like a sponge. And I was like, "Ooh, not a pretty no, picture beautifully that beautifully for us." <laughs> Hawkeye was a sniper. Because a beautiful lady said it. So Hawkeye was a sniper. Um, she knew exactly how many people she killed, uh, and she said that. Her, the snipers, and the state alchemists saw the destruction firsthand what they caused because they were like the human weapons. Like snipers, you have to put mm-hmm. people in your scope and see them fall. You see exactly what you do. And alchemists, I think they have a little more of an advantage because they can be a little bit further away, but they still see exactly what destruction they cause. So they were frontline. Freaking. They are the people that are traumatized. Build that wall that we saw. <laughs> For so many episodes ago. I know that we saw earlier and knowing that it was it, like, Armstrong Seriously, that I'm getting goosebumps that. right now talking about it. Like, it just, it was so painful. I was... I had my arms crossed. I was feeling too many emotions. So I had to put my arms somewhere. It was so sad. Um, uh, anyway. I know. Ooh. 
so we see the Iron Blood Alchemist, uh, which you know that's like bloodbending, and you know that it's just probably messed up. We don't see much of what uh-huh. they do. And we didn't need thank to you for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, show. Mm-hmm. We I understand what's happening. Um, the Fire Alchemist, Roy, uh, and then you just see poor Armstrong just shaking and scarred from all that he's seen and done, and I. That's why he's so caring now like it's why he's so sensitive and why he's so protective of ed and al because he was so young and they were also young and he doesn't want that for them and it just made me really love him even more than i already love him and it's just really sad and i can actually cry right now like my eyes are really watery um yeah ooh, my love for Ar- armstrong is just so it's out of this world there is no there is no measure the sweet man deserves the world. I know. I know. And those are his babies. And he will and protect them and probably dies. And all of his little soldiers. I know. Excuse yeah, me? I'm guessing right now, right now in this series, that Armstrong will die. I'm going to guess that. You can't say that uh, it's just gonna for my Toshi and my Armstrong. I need to Toshi back off, my man. Is going to die. Night Eye saw it happen. He's gonna die. Night Eye is trash, and that's why he's dead. How? I said what I said. Night Eye is not I trash. Said what I said. We're gonna fight so hard. That's our next example. <laughs> trash or not trash? Not it's just trash. Trash. It's just he's a good man. Well, he was. How dare you? We'll let Instagram decide. Maybe if you get this poll right and don't argue with me about a character that I wasn't even talking about. I just kept singing when I was making that. I misunderstood the assignment. (laughs) I was like, I opened it and I was like, oh, this makes sense now. Text. I was texting you, and then I went and took a shower, and then I got out, and I was like, "Oh Lord, texted me back." And I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh." For those of you who are confused, <laughs> no. me and Bridget got in a great himbo debate, and I was talking about how Kirishima, week, yeah, Ajiro Kirishima is a himbo. She thought I was talking about Kaminari. Kaminari. Kaminari is not a himbo. Uh, he's just a dumb boy. He just and dumb. we got in a fight because she thought Todoroki was more himbo than Kaminari. But I was talking about. Kirishima, true, and that was wrong. So, Kirishima and Todoroki definitely have more of a fight in the himbo stance than Kaminari and Todoroki. I was like, how do you think Kaminari is more himbo? What are what you were talking about? Uh, it's pretty even, but I think only one person voted for each. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody else cares about this battle but us. Whatever. Max said he thinks uh, he thinks that Kirishima is way more himbo, but he did support that Todoroki is a himbo, and mm. sent me TikToks proving it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> he goes, not saying that I agree with you, but here is some stance. To here are some other with. people that agree with you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Max. <laughs> that was really uh. supportive that you don't agree with me, but you found me a little community. Thank you. Um, okay, so back to really sad things. Um, Hughes and Mustang are back together in this flashback. It's when they first meet. Because uh, they met in... Well, it's not when they first meet. They met in the Academy, and now they're back on the battlefield together. Um, Hughes says he's changed, and Mustang tells Hughes he has the eyes of a killer. Uh, they were 
there's just like blood all over the ground when they're walking and talking about this. But at the same time, Mustang tells Hughes that, but Hughes gets a letter from his then fiance when Gracie is not his wife yet. And oh my gosh, you can still see the goodness in him, and it's just so sad. Um, so Mustang starts talking about all this destruction and what purpose is it for. Um, and then Mustang sees Hawkeye. She's walking up and she has her rifle. Um, and he sees her eyes and says she has the eyes of a killer too. And I'm like, could you stop telling people that? Like, maybe, maybe that's a little down. upsetting right now. <laughs> maybe could calm you stop? Down. Read, read the room. If your friend okay, told you read the that room. you have the eyes of the killer, maybe. Red flag. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's something to up. <laughs> Red flag. Especially when you're in a war and you're forced to be on the front lines actually killing people. Red flag. Um, so Hawkeye wants to know why they're killing people. So they're all having doubts about this war and why they're doing this. And why they're killing people with alchemy instead of helping people with alchemy. Because she says, isn't that what alchemy is like created for? To help those people in need? And then we really get introduced. We've seen him before, but we really get introduced to Kimberly. I love Kimberly. Uh, I know I'm a horrible person. I have a villain thing, though. I like villains. I always have. Kimberly's a good villain. Dio Brando is, like, is my like, favorite anime character. So I like Kimberly. He's an interesting, flawed character, and that's fun for me to watch. And also yeah. horrible. So, but really a well-written villain. So, Kimberly is, like, torturing them all with the thought that they chose to be killers, and he's, like, taunting Hawkeye and telling her that, you know, you feel that twinge of satisfaction uh, when you see someone go down, and you know that your skills are good and successful, that you, you got them. And you just see her, like, shaken to her core, and he messed up, because that's Mustang's girl, and you know what? You don't touch Mustang's girl. Uh, Hugh says that he fights only because he doesn't want to die, and that's the reason is simple. He goes, the reasons are always I don't know if, if it's different <sighs> in the dub, but in the sub, he specifically says he fights because he doesn't want to be killed. So it's not like, I don't want to die. He just doesn't oh. want to be killed, and then he's killed. That is, a, I think that does change the the meaning because yeah, he just I, I says think I don't want to die. Yeah, deeper in the sub because it yeah. was it wasn't that he doesn't want to die. It just he doesn't want to be killed and maybe I, I think killed. Most of that's because of Gracia because he doesn't want her to feel the pain of him having been murdered. Oops. <laughs> yeah, he knows how much it affects. Yes. Uh, so then we pan over to Marco's version of the flashback, um, and they're using Emestrians, Ishvalans. not Emestrians, they're using Ishvalans to do mass transmutation in what looks like the fifth laboratory, uh, and they're creating a Philosopher's Stone. Uh, they create a Philosopher's Stone, and it's given to Kimberly. He was known as the Crimson Alchemist, and he is the one that killed Scar's family in that other flashback we saw from Scar's <laughs> point of view. Um... Kimberly with the stone is what turned the war around for the Amestrians and basically wiped out all of Ishval. And um, he puts like the stone in his mouth, mouth, um, and yeah, he puts it in his, like in his mouth, holds it on his tongue, yeah, and like, finds it when he uses it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, why? Um, 
And uh, I, I also noted that Kimberly kind of sounds like Ling. A little bit, yeah. 2.0. Um, I thought they might have been the same voice actor, but they're not. That could be just yeah. be a coincidence. Uh, yeah. Me. I thought maybe it could be a coincidence or maybe, I don't know. Uh, because of that, the high priest of Ishvala is meeting with Bradley and says, like, I'm going to give my life. All the high priests are like, I'm going to give my life in order to save our people. Please stop killing us. We're, we're raising the white flag. Take us. Kill us. Save the rest of the people. Uh, and to show you how wrathful Bradley is and how horrible of a person he is, or a homunculi, uh, Bradley says that they're selfish and their ego's inflated and their lives are not enough to call off this extermination. So basically just says, like, yeah, I'll kill you, but I'm going to also keep killing Ugh. everyone else. Bye. And it's just... He also says something so here upsetting. that really uh, I liked. Because, you know, Ishvalan people are very religious. Like, they're talking about God and all this stuff. And he said... Yeah. He, he like said, God religion is really in their a face. concept created by humans. When Bradley himself is also technically a concept created by humans. And I'm wondering if by created saying by humans. he's also calling himself God. Self-God? Oh, I bet. I bet. Absolutely. Because he challenges their belief of God and says for them to stri- says for their God to strike him down and don't threaten me with your God because your God's going to do nothing. I think he absolutely sure. does have the God complex and is <sighs> like, I'm created the same as your God and you know what? Such I'm the one who villain. you can't stop. Bradley is like, such a good villain. Oh, yeah. And he's got such a smooth voice, too. So Very well like cast. A calm, cool, in, collected. In both. Good. He's well cast in the dub and the sub. Yeah, absolutely. Both of his voices are two of my favorites. I think they're great. Like, oh, good. seriously. Jeesh. Oh, man. So, then I wrote, alright, so it's Kimberly that we see in the opening credits, uh, who's dressed like Michael Jackson that oh. I was leaning at one point. It is Kimberly. Um... And he does the whole, like, in the opening credits, like, the tongue philosopher stone thing. Which was really confusing to me why Ling was dressed like Michael Jackson all of a sudden. But I was like, oh, different Well, we character. haven't seen him in street There's clothes yet. That's not similarly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. When I would see him in the next episode, his street clothes are like, this is Do a Do you think they dressed him in all day. black so uh, people wouldn't confuse him with Kimberly, who's in all white? <laughs> guess so. And, like, Kimberly's in, like, a yeah. suit, too, and I was like, yeah. alright. Very demon slayer of them. Very. Absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, it is uh, Michael it Jackson is almost Michael the Jackson. 1920s, so I guess that style is kind of in fashion. Now it that does I'm make sense. About it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Hawkeye we see Hawkeye fully join the military because she wants to help people. Mustang says that she can watch his back, but also shoot him in the back if he deviates from his plan to become the Fuhrer and help the people. He, like We learn that Hawkeye and Mustang have this plan. They want to demilitarize the state to give power back to the parliament and become a de- democratic state again. And they want, want to put the soldiers who carried out all those orders and didn't question it uh, on trial as war criminals and to be a fair and just world. That means them, so they're willing to sacrifice and that means themselves, themselves um, because they want to pay for all the lives they killed. Um, Hawkeye and Mustang have accepted their fate and she tells Ed to go uh, along with the purpose to find their bodies and help 
others um, and not to worry about what they have accepted for themselves because they fully believe they deserve that. Oh, which is so sad. Um, pain. Pain. Uh, pain. Just horrible. Ugh. And so then we just go back uh, to Dr. Knox, the corner. Um, and Al tells Mei Chang, but basically they're leaving and Mei Chang and them are still going to stay at the corners and uh, get better. But Al and Ed are leaving and Mei Chang was like, you're just like your brother. And Al spins around and tells her that he's smarter, taller, and more of a gentleman than his brother. And it's the most adorable thing. And now Mei so Chang sweet. is obsessed with Al. <laughs> I love it. Alphonse is the only person in this world that Alphonse deserves Mei Chang's love. Alphonse is the only person in this world that, that deserves is just a fact. everyone's love. And <sighs> no holds. I, seriously though, like, I love this completely. Uh, you know, when they grow up and our little adults have at it, be, be married and happy Ugh. and serve all the happiness in this world. I love you. I love this. Thanks. If they grow up, stop. You stop, stop that right now. Alright. No. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Also, I'm pretty sure that uh, telling someone that you'll walk through hell for them means Absolutely. I love you. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that was Hawkeye That's being like, yeah, I'm in love with you. Let's do it. Um, sure. Would you like some fun facts? Um, so this oh. is actually the most abridged episode in the entire series. It covers oh. over an entire <laughs> volume of manga. So it's uh, 57 through 62. So that's really dope. And there's an end credit scene in this one. Did you watch it? So the end credit scene is Envy walking in. It's the start of the next episode. Or Envy walks in and sees Marco's supposed body. And the vengeance spewed on a thing. Uh, That was actually cut when it came to America because it was too violent. Interesting. That and they that's didn't want to show the part it on TV. Where we say it's so. too violent. And interesting. Okay. That's the part that they cut. All right. Uh, that, that, that leads us into episode text. 31. Huzzah. The 520 Sins Promise. Since. 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 All right. Here's your Netflix summary. Even as the subordinate... Even as his subordinates are scattered, Mustang finds he still has allies. Unfortunately, so do his enemies. The homunculi release one of the Ishvalan War's most notorious killers to deal with Scar and Marco. And here are your voice actors for this episode. First, we have Madam Christmas, which is the most ridiculous name ever made in the world. Uh, Her English voice actor is Pam Daughtry, and she plays Big Mom in One Piece. Uh, Last week, we got Big Mom's Japanese voice actor. This week, we got her English. Thanks, Big Mom. Way to go, Big Mom. (laughs) And her Japanese voice actor is Yuko Matsuka, and she plays Lady Alvida in One Piece. I don't know. I'm I'm not a One Piece person. I'm sorry. But there you go. Madam Christmas is two One Piece people. Congrats. Then we have General Grumman. I'm pretty sure I did one of these voices for him way early on. <laughs> I don't remember, so I wrote them down again. Um, his English voice actor is Bill Flynn. He plays Genzo in One Piece and Dr. Herschel Agasa in Detective Conan, which is like old school anime. It, it's so old. Shoot. But that was his biggest credit, and I was like, I guess gotta I, write gotta, that one. I gotta write this down. <laughs> and then his Japanese voice actor is... 
Rokuro Naya. Naya. I think Naya sounds better. And he plays uh, Gunter in Fire Emblem. And get this. Get this. Squidward Tentacles in SpongeBob SquarePants. Wait, what character is this? Uh, Doc, uh, General Grumman. 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 Oh my gosh, he's... Uh, he's Squidward Tentacles in the Japanese okay, SpongeBob but still but hilarious. 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 Um, those are, those all are right. in this episode. Well, those are all General of our new Squidward, people. here we go. Uh... <laughs> Squidward. Um, so, what you just said, Greed's walking, I mean, Envy's walking in, and General Marco is dead, uh, head exploded, vengeance is written in blood on the wall, Envy walks in and realizes that Scar did it, and because she's, they are like, well, I guess Marco told Scar about his role in the Ishvala War. Um, Ed catches Al up on all that Hawkeye told him, and he wants to be an alchemist that seeks the truth, is what he says. So I thought that was sweet. Took that to also, heart. When, when Ed's leaving Hawkeye's apartment, he apologizes for her having to be with the Fuhrer, and she says, the closer I am to him, the easier he is to kill. Can I just say Epic. how bam Epic. she is? Mm-hmm. like, And how calmly she's calculating oh, murder. I love her. Uh, I love her. I love that the first thing that Al says when he gets his body back is that he wants to eat Winry's apple pie. So sweet. Oh. Also, can sound so dirty. The what? Just want to throw that out there. It can sound very dirty. I did not go there when at I get all. my body back, I just want to eat some apple pie. Horrid. That's not at all what crossed my mind. Yeah, well, I can't help okay. myself. I have five brothers. Um, so they want to learn Mei Chang's alchemy, uh, and so they go look for her, but she's left Dr. Knox's house, and so now they're going to search for her, uh, which we'll get to how they're searching for her later and Ed's lack of drawing. Um, so they're, they're giving Havoc uh, weights to keep him busy while he's still in the hospital, because all... Bretta and Havoc's bromance... <laughs> Is painful. It's, like, the way he just stares at the door as he talks to him, like, I already said goodbye to you. I can't look at you anymore. I'm like, God. It just makes me so friends. sad because you're watching Mustang's team get separated and sent to all corners of the <sighs> earth, but he makes sure to go back and give Havoc those weights to get keep him busy and but, gaining strength while he's healing. And I was like, oh. The literal best goodbye in this is Fury saying goodbye to the dog. <laughs> I was like, shut up. I love that. All of, that one all of Mustang's group saying bye to each other as they get split up. And Fury's feeding Hayate like little hot dogs. And I was like, ah. They'll um, always have that time where they collected grief I from know. the roof. And so, uh, so Hawkeye sweet. is leaving. She's getting her books from Roy's office. And she makes sure to tell him not to get killed. And I was like, she said she, That's another she, I love said you. she loved you. I'm just, tra- another I'm I love just you. translating for uh, Mustang uh, now sits in an empty office, comparing all his teammates to people on his team being like chess pieces, and he says the line, and worst of all, they've even taken my queen. Hawkeye is his queen! <laughs> oh, I was so my happy. My ship! I say my ship two oh, times in this, and that's the first that's one. That's the first one. My ship. And then he, he compares himself to the king piece, but he's twisted open, and there's a note in there, and I was like, oh. 
And so we'll see what that leads into. And then we pan over to Ed and Al in the streets with drawings of Xiao Mei saying, Have you seen this cat? Have you seen this cat? Now, Ed's drawing looks like a black and white alligator. <laughs> and Al's is perfect and adorable, which made me laugh yeah. so hard. Um, and so Mustang <laughs> rolls up and is like, Hey, yo, what's up? What are y'all doing? Hey, I want my 520 cents back. And then we get really, like, philosophical, and Ed's like, uh, I'll promise to pay you back when you become pure. But he does it, like, in steps, I promise to pay you back when you do this. And I promise to pay you this back when you do this, because I'll borrow more money. And I promise to borrow money and pay you back when you become pure. And he's like, who told you? <laughs> and so he basically says that, uh... You know, they know everything. They talk to Hawkeye. They know everything. And so Mustang, I think, is going to be able to trust them more mm -hmm. and be like, all right. I hope so. They're on our team. I, I want I, them like, to work If they together. team up, yeah, they'll because, be great. I mean, Alphonse got to work with Mustang a little bit, but Ed hasn't really at all. And I no. need that for And they just heart. butt heads. I know. Yeah. So then Mustang goes into this building and hugs Vanessa, and I was like, who is this Vanessa? I was hurt, too. I was like, how dare you? Riza's body isn't even cold yet. And I, I, think, I think this is, like, like a brothel that they're in. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a bar mm -hmm. brothel, and so I was like, it is. what are you, what are you doing? You, you're, you're loyal to Riza Hawkeye. What are you doing? Uh, but he goes and sees Madam Christmas <laughs> and uh, gives her the note, and she says she's going to help him, and it's a it's a call to General... I wrote Kroll, but it's it's Grumman, right? Yeah. I don't know why I wrote Kroll. Mm. I don't know who Kroll is. Uh, and so, all of a sudden, we're back. We're back at uh, Dr. Knox's house, the coroner, and Ling's other bodyguard pops in, which is Lanfon's grandpa. Foo. Uh, I and, gasped like, so hard. Foo. He slaps her. But, like, you have failed, and I was like, But oh. then he breaks down all of crying, them like, because he's actually yeah. just really sad that this horrible thing happened to her while he was gone. Like, he was a soldier first, and was like, you failed, oh my gosh. And then he just breaks down, because you see him as a grandfather And he calls her, her his and beloved <laughs> granddaughter. He said, how could this happen oh, they, to my beloved granddaughter? And it's so They don't sad. say that in the dub! That's stupid. They don't say that in the How dub. dare they? It literally broke my just, heart. I think he just says, this happens to my granddaughter. And I, I don't think they say beloved, but that would have been great. Literally broke um, my heart. I shattered into a thousand pieces. Yeah. I did not get back up for days. <laughs> he, he freaks out that her arm is actually gone. Uh, but they deny getting auto mail from Winry because he says that, you know, the enemy has seen Lanfan's face and they don't want to put Winry's life at risk any more than what it is. Which is really honorable. But we wish but that Lanfan It's really sad. Arm. She deserves it. Yeah. Like, and it would be an epic arm. I don't know. Uh, he feels... And then Dr. Knox has flashbacks of what all he's done in the war. Like, everybody leaves the house. His flashbacks of what all he's done in the war, how guilty he feels about it, and doesn't even think he should be treated like a real doctor or even like a person. Like, you can see that he's this bitter old man because he beats himself up about everything he's done, which I think all the good people that were in that Dude. war are yeah. doing and struggling. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden there's this knock, and he's like, what is it? I don't want anything. And it's his kids on his doorstep. And his kids are so happy that he was, it was helping his wife. His people, son. He tells them, like, I... 
It was his wife? I thought it was his yeah. daughter and son. No, his wife and his son. He only had one kid. Um, oh, okay. And so he's like, that he's happy, he was helping life people, and he had courage, and his son announces that he wants to become a doctor like him and help people. And so then Dr. Knox is in the other room like, hey, come in, I'll make coffee. And he's making coffee, and he just says, um, he prays that he that he gets cut some slack in life so he can enjoy the happiness of having a cup of coffee with his family. And I was just like, oh, what a nice wreck me! What a nice little happy ending. Because when, when Lan Fan and Fu leave the house and she looks back at the city and Ling is looking oh. back out, that's my other mushship. I screeched. I was like, no! Oh, going know. further away from each other! I'm hurt. <sighs> at least back. something happy back. happened in this episode. They're gonna That's come all. back to each other. I believe it. Um, so then <sighs> we learned that the Philosopher's Stone that uh, Kimberly has allows you to bypass the equivalent exchange rule to harness immense power. Uh, so we have a flashback of Kimberly refusing to give it up after the war. Only a few people know that he has it, so he kills them. Mm-hmm. So that he can keep this stone forever. Uh, so he's in jail, and he still has the stone. He, like, swallows it every time. I'm not quite sure how he gets it back out. I, uh, you know how he gets it noises. back out. Oh, he might barf it up, because he, like, hit it, and he hit his stomach in the car, and it came back out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna believe that he sticks it in his cheek, because, I mean, it's less gross. Why to not just put it on like, a necklace or chipmunk something? style. Like, no, like, it's odd. Um, so Kimberly's now been released and is avoiding the death sentence because he was on death row. Uh, and Kimberly gives the warden what looks like a bomb on his wrist. This is a very Joker moment. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a bomb on his wrist. And then the time goes off and it's like a little skull when the timer goes off. But then a bird just pops out, like a little cuckoo bird. And, um, it just terrifies all of them. And I was like, all right. I really so liked that moment. I was like, ooh. Pure chaos. Batman vibes. It was very, yeah. Very Joker yeah. vibes, yeah. Um, so Envy's disguised as a military officer, picks up Kimberly and tells him that they need him. Um, because, guess what? Marco is not dead. That was not Marco. Uh, he transmuted living tissue, which was his specialty. Uh, because remember, he's a doctor in that one city uh, because that's his specialty. And he was trying to atone for his sins and help people. Uh, one of the chimera were missing, and he probably used that blood and tissue to disguise it and make it look like um, it was his body exploded mm-hmm. on the wall. And now he's on the run with Scar. So Kimberly can't kill Scar. Can kill Scar, they don't care, dead or alive, but they want Marco alive, uh, and after that, they want him to destroy a certain city. So basically, Kimberly's got some tasks to do, and they're all nefarious, and, uh... And so they they give him a bigger Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, he gets a new stone that was created by the lives of all of Marco's assistants, so all the people that we saw, like, ten episodes ago that were disappearing... Uh, and they're like, how ironic that this is what we're doing, and we use I don't know to make if anyone stone. listening to this, or you, have ever watched Inuyasha. Probably not. But not enough there's the sacred stone in Inuyasha, and it shattered, and, like, the whole point is that he's trying to find all of the crystal shards to put the stone back together. That's exactly what this philosopher's stone reminded me of, because it was, like, a perfect stone, and then he had his little barf shard. <laughs> called a barf shard, and it, it just, 
Inuyasha vibes, everybody. I hate that Inuyasha so vibes. much. Uh, barf shards. Barf shards. Um, so, Scar explains that his brother says the city's alchemy is different and needs Marco to help translate the markings and research on his arm. So we realize Scar's got this power and doesn't know anything about it uh, because it's only half of his brother's research. He knows how to deconstruct with it. So we do know that Scar's not a real alchemist. He does not know how to reconstruct. He only can do this because basically the alchemy yeah. spells written on his arm that was his brother's arm. Um, so Scar destroys the surface of uh -huh. Marco's face... So they can travel with him, and he'll be Poor unrecognizable. Marco. And I was like, that had to hurt <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Poor Marco. Scar uh, just does that. And then just, like, melts his face, and he's like, you can stop the bleeding. And I was like, I mean, Marco did kill all your people. That was harsh. But whoa! Yeah. And Chang's like, whoa! Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and so Scar says he hid the rest of his brother's research notes in the north. So that's where they're headed. They're going on a, a, an adventure. And so I just think of Bilbo Baggins, I'm going on an adventure, uh, but with a bloody face and, you know, a kid. Uh, so I only have one fun fact in this episode. Um, it's that, okay, Mustang placed the green piece on E1 whenever he was going through everything, and the actual correct square for the queen's piece is D1. The king goes on E1, so... Either that oh, okay. was just an animation mistake, or he was making a statement by saying this is more important than he is. And I choose that one. So, thanks. I bet it's an animation mm -hmm. mistake, but I'm also going to choose to mm -hmm. believe the other one. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun fact. Uh, that's a good fun fact. So then, that leads us to episode 32, one of my frustrating episodes, The Fuhrer's Son. Here's your Netflix summary. A secret encounter allows Mustang to spark new ambitions in an old friend, and then it has a dash. But if you don't say the what dash, a pun. If, you, if you don't say the dash, ambitions. then it just sounds like a run-on sentence. So I'm saying it out loud. Dash. An ally with loyal troops at his command. <laughs> That's it. Meanwhile, Edward and Alphonse share a chance meeting with their biggest fan, the young Salim Bradley. Mm, mm, um, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. All right. You got voice actors on this one? Uh, no, I do not. Okay, here we go. So, Ed and Al are still looking for sweet Xiaomei uh, and Mei Chang, uh, but <laughs> it's, it's painting to them like at some lady's house with a black and white cat, and she's like, this is my cat, and it looks like it. Did the animation like, in this episode look different to you? Mm, no. I, like, had, like, a weird moment at the beginning when you're watching, like, the kids run by where the animation looked really different. Hmm. Uh, I, nothing caught my eye. I tried to look it up to see if they switched studios, but I couldn't find anything. Um, but it just seemed more fluid, like maybe they'd switch software or... I, I don't know. It was strange. Anyway, go ahead. Um... Nothing caught my eye. Mm. Uh, so, here we go. Um, Mei Chang is at the gas station getting some groceries, getting ready to pop on a train, and she bumps into a lady, and I wrote, a fake lady? Because this lady is weird looking. I wrote, and she's a man. Because <laughs> I just knew instantly. Her voice was I too was like, deep. 
was like, oh, yeah, you're it was, it was odd. So, Mei Chang drops all the groceries. She tells the lady she's heading north right now. And the lady's like, okay. And then they go on their way. I go, I'm dying that they keep calling Xiaomei a cat. Uh, and then I said, I guess that was a real old lady. But she was very Mrs. Doubtfire-ish, though. And then, uh, so we'll come back to that point. Which is like, why was that flying over my head so hard? But I was like, oh, I guess it is a real old lady. But Kimberly's team is hunting down Scar. <laughs> And when Kimberly's walking up the stairs at that train station, the old lady passes him, and he's like, huh, that's not my job right now. So it's like, I should have picked up on that, but yeah, I, he definitely, I don't know what my I don't know was. if he knows that it's Grumman or if he just knows that he's in disguise. I think he just knows it's someone in disguise, and he was like, that's not my job. But that wasn't, um, here's but, a fun fact my before we go in, uh, that wasn't in the manga at all. Like, their weird encounter. None of Kimberly's scenes are in the manga at all. They added them oh, in purely for the anime. So every part of him in this isn't there. It's just there. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Kimberly's team is hunting down Scar. They know he's currently in West City. Um, and they're trying to figure out where he's popping to. Basically, every time they see Scar, something happens and Scar gets away. And that's, like, the moral of this whole episode. Scar gets away. Uh, so we see that old lady. Uh, the old lady is now with Mustang putting flowers on Hughes's grave, which is, like, so sad. Uh, and the lady flirts with Mustang. And Mustang flirts back. And then he realizes... <laughs> yeah, and then he realizes it's General Grumman, and he's like, ah! <laughs> I was like, oh, what a dummy. It. Um... So, then, uh, Raven went to Grumman not too long ago to see if he was interested in a corps of immortal soldiers. After Grumman denied him of that and was like, no, what are you talking about? Grumman got demoted and transferred. So, basically, you see that everybody, basically, in the military is corrupt and knows about the homunculi, and if you are not with them, you're demoted and sent to the ends of the earth because you're not going to get in the way. Um... They talk about how with the false priest, after the full metal alchemist stopped him, peace dissolved only after the central soldiers came in. They, like, sent all other police force away, and the central soldiers came in, and that's when the riot started. It didn't start after the priest fell. It started when the soldiers say, came in. So you see that they're purposefully causing this. Can I just say this. that I love that, like, we're now on episode 32 of this anime, and they're still pulling from episode 3. Like, everything that we've watched is still important, and it's still coming back. That's so nice. Yeah. There's no little detail that's I wonder, not left behind. Like, everything has I really has wonder. A like, watching this specifically made me wonder just how different this is from the original Full Metal Alchemist. Like, I don't know what the episode run was for the original anime, but there's no way that it was like this. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch the original after we finish this mm -hmm. to compare and contrast. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to start reading the manga this week if I get some time and um, try and keep up with where we are, uh, just to compare and contrast on that too. Because it's really, I think it's really interesting some of the creative yeah. liberties they take in all of them. Um, but yeah. So then uh, Mustang wants Grumman to join him. Uh, he says he needs to help stop the corruption. <laughs> and. Uh, so basically, Grumman's like, I'm retired and stuff, and he goes, but... And he goes, but yeah, I'm in. Totally in. Yeah, I, I'm bored. Let's do this. I'm, I want to stop this, too. Uh, so, 
I like that they're in the library looking for Ed. Like, and then all of a sudden, Ed's like in this library looking for these books to try and learn about Alka history. And this giant shadow gets casted over him. And looks up, and it's just, the way they drew it, it's like a giant balloon of Armstrong's head, and he just, like, parts the bookshelves like the Red Sea over him, and Ed just starts screaming, and it makes me laugh so hard, because Armstrong's like, shh, this is a library, quiet. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, so Mustang informed Armstrong to tell Ed that, um... Mei Chang and them are heading north because the old lady was Grumman. Grumman said, oh, they're looking for this cat. And slash Mei Chang uh, saw them. They're heading north. So uh, they get they get their first lead on where Mei Chang is so they can try and learn alchemy history so that they won't get stopped without alchemy before. I mean, again. Um, so the really interesting thing that happens here is Armstrong gives... Ed this letter and says when you go north here's this letter of introduction first thing and he does he say save her because that's what I wrote he down said, seek her seek her out seek her okay yeah. seek her out and it, we learn that it's Major General Armstrong at the northern wall but it's a lady Armstrong she's got beautiful hair big puffy lips and I was like oh I gotta know who this lady is if she's a sister yeah and she's like or... sitting on the throne with like her her sword on the ground and she's kind of like leaning down she's and like very epic looking of Queen of I the said, North <laughs> yeah I was like very very Game of Thrones vibe we're at the northern wall Queen of the North Queen of the North uh Really hope she's a good person mm -hmm. because she's related to the Armstrong. Mm -hmm. I really hope we could see her just be epic. Um, so we pan over to Scar, and they're on a train bound for West City. Basically, Scar just keeps escaping, and <laughs> Kimberly is like, "I am getting so mad." <laughs> Uh, so, Ed now can't find any details on Alka history in the library. It's not something recorded really in Central City, which is, uh, they can stop people from using alchemy, but they can't stop people from using Alka history. Absolutely, that's not going to be public knowledge in Central City, because, uh, Central City is controlled by the bad guys. So, um, Ling had told them once that Alka history was specialized for the medical field. So, uh... I, it's going to be like, it's Eastern medicine, essentially, is what we're learning. Also, there, there's something weird here that's been really bothering me, like, that they don't have any real books on alchemy history and how it works. It's like, it's tabooed, but also, whenever Ling comes over, like, way back in, when was it, episode, like, 21, he says, the yeah. alchemy in this country is weird. And I mm -hmm. want to know why. <laughs> really, I, I really want to learn. I want to go visit Sheen Ugh, and see I'm why. Upset. Um. So all of a sudden, Celine Bradley appears in the library and is fangirling over meeting Al. And I just write, "Don't trust him." He's don't adorable. Trust this kid. <laughs> he's adorable, and I love him. I don't think he's evil. I, I think he's just a sweet boy who's being used I as don't a know. pawn. I, I'm going to punt this kid. Just, I got bad vibes. Uh, and so, um, Al's kind of getting the weird vibe, too. And he's like, I can't just tell this kid I'm looking for alka history. So he tells the kid he's looking for medical use, like, for alchemy to save people's lives. He's not technically lying. Uh, and then Ed walks up and is like, who's this kid? 
Salim goes, he, it, you are a tiny alchemist, just like everyone says. He's like, say it again. He just gets it in all sides. <laughs> He's like about to punch the kid and ready to fight. And then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> the secret secret uh, service pops up and is like, yo. <laughs> and so Salim's like, no, 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 these are my friends. Uh, and then they realize, this is Bradley's son. So... Pans over, they're all sitting at Bradley's house now with Salim and his wife, and they're all having, like, tea, and Salim says he wants to be an alchemist, too, so he can help his father out, and I just wrote in all caps, this seems sketchy. Uh, I go, their family seems so normal. His wife says that he was an oaf when they first met and started dating, and she slapped Bradley, and I love that she said that in both Ed and Al's faces, like, their jaws dropped, and they're like, you did what? Uh, but then Bradley walks in and sees them all sitting in the living room, because I'm sure he caught word that, you know, Ed and Al are there, and he's like, I need to make sure they're not up to anything. Um, and then they do this really awkward moment where he's like, I bet you're wondering why my kid doesn't look at, look like me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. really forward. And he's like, yeah, we adopted them. We couldn't have kid biological kids of our own, so we have Salim as our kid. And I was like, all right. And then Fear Bradley says, uh, even a man like me has a family waiting for him at home. I'm sure, of course, it's quite different from yours. And I was just like, this is so threatening. I'm not quite sure what all he means by it, if he's trying to make him more humanistic to them. But the whole time, he's like petting Selena yeah. like a dog. And I'm like... You don't seem very loving, like, that you care about I think this family, though. A part of me thinks it's a threat against, you know, Winry and Granny, but part of me also thinks it's Winry, a threat against, yeah. like, these are the people that I have at my disposal do anything wrong, and they're hurt, you could too. be, You could be in charge, like, yeah, you could you yeah. be guilty for so innocent it's souls. Like, I don't know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and so... Then Bradley needs to go back to work. So basically he just pops in there and says, hey, you do anything weird, all these innocent lives are at your hand. But the whole time, because Hawkeye's his assistant now, she's standing mm -hmm. right outside that door. And I was like, she's so mm -hmm. close. That's so I far. hate it. It feels uh, wrong to watch her walk uh, away with him. I know. <laughs> He's like, come on. And I was like, don't be mean to her. Um, so Al thinks Salim and his mom don't know what Bradley really is or anything, but Ed mm -hmm. doesn't make a comment on that. So I don't know if Ed agrees or if Ed still has weird vibes about it. Um, I said, I think he has doubts and so do I. <laughs> uh, so then they decide they're going to continue on their quest North to find Mei Chang. Um, and then Kimberly is hot on Scar and Marco's trail. He finally figures out where they're probably going. And so I bet... Uh, that's where the episode ends, and I bet we're about to see a kind of a so, little blow out there. Fun facts. My first one was the, the Kimberly one, which, you know, none of his scenes are actually in the manga. They added that purely for the anime. I, I think just to, I think just to let you get to know him yeah. a little more, since he's only been in, like, one episode. And he's about to be a main yeah, antagonist. Yeah, it's not too many scenes that they added, yeah. but it's enough that we um, get to get his But vibe. also, the Bradley scene didn't exist at all. Like, uh, this was oh. the fierce son in the manga. It's about Salim and his mom, but in the manga, they're actually just in the library, and they have a quick little meeting. They never go back to the house. Bradley never shows up. They added that. I assume for the tension, Interesting. it worked. Okay. 
Probably and, for tension uh, and more was Yeah. Chapters sixty three and sixty four of Full Metal Alchemist. That is it. So we're up to sixty four. Okay. I can read up to chapter sixty four. <laughs> that's what I'm writing no, down. That's all right. Okay, cool. Uh Lauren, do we, we do we have outstanding we do. questions we have from these eight four episodes? Questions. Here we go. I know, eight questions. But oh. <laughs> keep in mind we have We had a lot of questions. Answered a lot we of questions. Resolved questions so from last there time. There could yeah. be some repeats here. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, why did Ed need to borrow the change from Mustang? I'm really yeah, upset. What's up with that, man? I gotta know. Yeah. Uh, two, May is a princess? Question related to Wayne? Yes, she Maybe. is. Maybe Ooh. we're not quite sure on that dynamic. Uh, three, why is alchemy so different from alchemy, and why is there no information yeah. on it? And why, why may Scar do... Why may Scar do... <laughs> why may Scar question. do alchemy when boys know alchemy? Question? Question? Um, <laughs> what were Hawkeye's father's dreams? Yeah. We don't know. Um, my my yeah. fifth one is just Hawkeye. I think it's about her scar. I literally just wrote down Hawkeye, period. It is about Hawkeye, her scar, period. because remember... Yeah. Remember, I, you were like... Oh, you had a lot of questions. Card. I was like, no! Yeah. Why? I think I've come to terms with it. I was just in denial. Okay. But we want to know how that and happened. And why like, she had oh. that tattooed on her to begin with. Yeah, why did they not write it in yeah. a book? Yeah. Books are disposable. Apparently people are, too. Yes. So... Uh, six, yes. what is Grumman's plan? He said he had a plan. What is yes. it? Uh, seven, mm-hmm. who is Lady Armstrong? What is the relation? Yeah! I want to see And eight, is do Bradley's fam have suspicions about daddy? <laughs> Question mark. I forgot this was the day we were on our it daddy was. was. Um, those are important questions going into next week. But that's oh that's my gosh. the episode, y'all. That's funny. Uh, that's it. All right. That's it. Well, that was pretty you know, good. I actually, <laughs> good timing. <laughs> that episode's over. Hey, puppies. Stop it. Well, thank you. I actually have to go to a meeting to talk about elf. I have to and go calm my animals. So, so uh, yeah, go go fix your dogs. But guess what, everybody. Uh, we're going to be watching episodes 33, 34, 35, 36 this next week. Watch it. Um, tell, tell your dogs to stop barking. And then, uh, guess what? We love anime, and we love you. And yes, we do. Yes, we do. We... Sorry. I no, gonna... no. We love anime. Right. How about you? <laughs> you. Okay, we gotta go. All right, bye. bye. bye.